RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. The federal budget is behind us, the election is ahead, and both major parties have been laying their cards on the table in terms of tax policies. If, in the case of the coalition, it's returned to government, only a slim possibility if we listen to the polls and pundits, or if the Labor Party assumes power after the May 18 election. How will their very different tax policies affect you as you decide which way to vote? The coalition's plans were made clear by Treasurer Josh Frydenberg on budget night. The Labor Party too has announced some big tax changes if it wins government, with alarm bells already ringing among Australia's higher income earners. So what do we need to know? To highlight the big differences in tax policy between the major parties, we turn to Michael Waycott, Director of the Bongiorno National Network. Michael has provided specialist accounting and financial advice to the medical profession since 1998 and speaks regularly to the RACS community. Michael starts by highlighting the Coalition's tax policies. And what did he make of Josh Frydenberg's speech? Michael Waycott is talking to Heather Dawson. Well, Josh Frydenberg handed down his first federal budget as the federal treasurer, and I thought his delivery was actually excellent. Okay, so what were the highlights? Well, firstly, the marginal tax rates uh, will be phased in over the next six years, and on budget night, Josh announced that they're trying to move towards a flat tax rate, but that's not going to come in until 2024-2025 financial year, with the 30% 30% tax rate will be within the ranges, uh, income ranges of 45000 to 200000 There's a, a couple of slight marginal tax rate changes in 2022-2023, but really the, the major change is the flat tax rate that they're trying to move to with a flat tax rate of 30% between 45000 and 200000 So is there any immediate tax relief? Well, he did announce that the low to middle income tax offset has been increased from $445 to $1,080, with the threshold availability increasing from $37,000 to $90,000. And uh, the immediate write-off threshold for new equipment, I see that's that's been increased, hasn't it? That's right, Heather. It's been kicking around since uh, 2015, this one, and uh, Josh announced from Budget Night the instant asset write-off uh, the threshold would increase to $30,000 and is available to up to uh, 30 June 2020. I can think of a client who contacted me last week in relation to purchasing an ultrasound machine that was going to cost 25000 So uh, for him and his uh, specialist practice, after the tax relief with the immediate write-off, it's going to cost him 13250 after tax. So There's a few confusing dates and thresholds around this, so if anyone is confused, just please pick up the phone and give me a call. Okay, now what about um, superannuation, Michael, this time? Well, it was actually quite refreshing because it was fairly quiet on this front, and which is a nice change. There was uh, one change, however, and that is uh, from 1 July 2020, older Australians aged 65 or 66 can make a voluntary concessional or non-concessional contribution without having to meet the current work test, which is working a minimum 40 hours in a 30-day period. So this would allow someone uh, in that age bracket to contribute a further $200,000 of non-concessional and $50,000 of concessional contributions between the ages of 65 and 67. Now, 
Heather, there's a significant announcement also on Budget Night around the government's uh, funding boost of a billion dollars over four years to enable the tax office to continue its rampage on tax avoidance as part of its task force. And then, then the message I have for all listeners to ensure that your current accounting structures and new proposed structures will pass scrutiny if ever the tax office was to knock on your door because of the, the mere fact that they're ramping up activity in this area. Okay. Well, now, Michael, we've got an election coming up in May, as if we didn't all know it by now. So what's Labor got on the table um, as changes in policy? Uh, certainly going to be different to our current government, aren't they? Oh, you're spot on, Heather. And for many advisors around the country, and uh, present company included, it's a bit like playing golf in the dark right now. Perhaps it's a good time to go through what Labor have announced as new policies and uh, what they're likely to implement if successful in the May election. And I guess the first one is um, capital gains tax. Labor intends to reduce the general discount from 50% to 25%. So that's uh, currently, if you own an asset for more than 12 months and you sell that asset and you make a capital gain, then the capital gain is halved, you get a 50% general discount and you pay tax on the difference. So let me give you an example on the, what the changes, how that will impact taxpayers where the general discount drops to 25%. So let's say you purchase an asset for 500,000 and then you sell it for a million dollars sometime later. Under the current 50% discount, the tax position would equate to 117,000 on that $250,000 taxable capital gain. However, under Labor, using the 25% discount, you'd pay 184,000. Now, both are assuming tax rate is the highest marginal rate, which means it's an additional 67000 in tax oh, under Labor. Oh, that's a difference, isn't it? Yes, and what compounds this example is that Labor intend to increase the top marginal tax rate above 180000 uh, by an additional 2% to 49%. Now, the Liberal Party, the current government, did have this in place and it was referred to as the budget repair levy. Now, since Josh announced on budget night that forecasting forward that the budget is likely to be in surplus. Uh, Labor are going to bring that 2% levy back and we don't know what they're going to call it. But it looks like that that's going to come back in if they're voted in at 1 July this year. Right. Mm. Well, there's been a lot of talk about Labor abolishing negative gearing as well. Is that likely to be the case? Well, it certainly is, Heather, and uh, the front page of the Fin Review recently stated that Labor had announced the change would be effective from 1 January 2020 if they're voted in. Okay, so we now have a clarity around a date, but can you confirm what the actual changes will be? Well, I only know what's been released so far, Heather, to date, and let me give you an example. So if you purchase a property that's not off the plan after 1 January 2020 and you borrow to purchase that property and the expenses including the interest on the loan are greater than the rent, the loss cannot be claimed against your income, which is currently the case under the current government. You can, however, negatively gear a property that is purchased off the plan, which is one in which is newly constructed, and this, of course, poses its own problems when it comes to finance. So do you want to just expand a bit more on that? Well, certainly. If a client of mine came in to see me and wished to purchase an apartment, for example, off the plan, he or she is provided with a, a glossy brochure showing what the property will look like on completion. 
They're also provided with a purchase contract that states the purchase price and the deposit required. Now, generally, the deposit is 5 to 10%, uh, with the balance being owed on completion. Now, the problem here is finance, as banks won't approve a loan for the purchase of the property until it's actually completed, which is when they send the valuers in to value the property. Now, this is a really nervous time for purchasers, as they're hoping the valuation equates to the purchase contract that they've signed, and that may have been some 18 months earlier. But what about um, grandfathering, Michael? Okay, that's a good point. So what Labor have announced, so if you're already negatively gearing a property that's got history between now and the 1st of January 2020, uh, that will be grandfathered, which means you can continue to claim the loss against your income. So because we've got a date, is it an opportune time for investors to get into the market if they haven't already, or those that are looking to purchase further investment properties to get in before uh, 1st of January 2020 to get access to that grandfathering, which Labor have said that they will honour? Well, Michael, there's uh, quite a list of um, other changes that Labor are suggesting. Can you go through some of them? I can, Heather. So perhaps if I just uh, provide them in bullet points, because there are quite a few to get through. One of the, uh, that's got a lot of press, and we'll get a lot more press uh, leading up to the election, is the the removal of excess franking credits. And this is going to affect many older Australians in pension phase within their superannuation funds. Also, there's a a cap of $3,000 on accounting fees. Where that has come from, we don't know but uh, the excess above $3,000 is not tax deductible uh, under the Labor policies that they've announced. Uh, They're going to lower the non-concessional cap for superannuation from $100,000 to $75,000. So that's the super contribution you're putting into your fund that you're not claiming a super contribution. Uh, They're going to lower the Division 293 income threshold that's taxable income plus reportable super contributions from two hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. So what that basically means is they've got an additional fifty thousand dollar net that they can capture taxpayers where their super contribution going into the super fund that's normally taxed at fifteen percent will be taxed a further fifteen percent if their incomes are above two hundred thousand. They also announced that they're going to bring back the 10% rule on super contributions that the current government abolished a number of years ago, which basically means that if you're earning a a public salary and you're also in private practice, if your public salary needs to be 10% or less of your total income, including your private practice, in order to claim a tax deduction on your super against your private income. Very confusing and not a great rule, but Labor intend to bring that back. Also, that looks like they're going to end the freezing of the super guarantee charge of 9.5% for employers and fast track the rate of 12% for employer super contributions, but we don't have any dates as yet as to when they're likely to bring that in. Right. Well, that's a lot of changes, Michael. Is Is, is that it? (laughs) Well, I wish it was. Um, Probably the, the biggest change outside of negative gearing is that Labor intend to introduce a minimum tax rate of 30% on trusts. Now, many listeners are going to have trusts as part of their structures, and they all will be affected, and some may be considering setting up trusts. So let me give you an example of the impact of this 30% minimum tax on trusts. So let's use an adult beneficiary such as an 18-year-old son or daughter 
that may be uh, finished school but may be attending uh, university and, and not working. So mum or dad can distribute currently $20,000 tax-free as a trust distribution, so there's zero tax on that 20000 after you apply the low-income rebates and so on. Now, under Labor, that same $20,000 is going to be taxed a flat 30%, so that's $6,000 on that $20,000 distribution. So that's a difference of $6,000. It's pretty significant. Now, a number of people that I've met with when uh, Labor had announced this change have said, well, what about if my income is uh, 100000 or 200000 coming from the trust into my individual name? I point out that detail is a little sketchy on this, but Labor have said that the minimum rate is 30%. It will then continue up as per the current marginal tax rates that apply to individuals. So the minimum rate is 30%. Wow. Well, thank you, Michael. That's a pretty extensive summary. It is, Heather. And uh, the intention is to go through what Labor actually bring in as policy and go through all the points that I've raised, as that's what they have on the table right now, uh, should they win government, which appears fairly likely if you believe the polls. Michael Waycott. And we look forward to hearing more from Michael following the May 18 election and the announcement of the next Australian government. A good time, then, to review the tax changes that will impact directly on your own financial affairs. As this general advice has been prepared without taking account of your objectives, financial situation or needs, you should consider the appropriateness of this advice before acting on it. If this general advice relates to acquiring a financial product, you should obtain a product disclosure statement before deciding to acquire the product. RAC's Post-Op Podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.